All right, everybody, we got a good one for you tonight on Top 5. We're listing our favorite albums from 1987. Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. <gasps> Am I walking around, Paul? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm George Michael, and I want your top five picks. Ooh, I thought you were going to say something else there, Ernie. Get a little fresh. <laughs> and back by popular demand again, he has returned, known by many names, the monster, the doctor. What's up, boys? Hello, my friend. So before we get started, I got to show off. They just hot off the presses. The Ernie t-shirts are now available on Amazon. Yes, that is Ernie as a kid. More adorable than ever. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that face. Jesus Christ, Ernie. How thick are those glasses? Look at that head of hair. Look at those glasses. I don't know. It's the lips that are frightening. <laughs> I think Tommy the just beat the That's why I'm, ble I'm bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> available now they're on amazon you can get them just type in top, top five with joey casada the ernie shirt will come up um if not i will post the link on all our social media pages and i'll post it at the end of this episode too or even at the bottom of this episode anyone that sends me a picture like i said wearing an ernie shirt i will have at least mention some comments or have or have a brief appearance of you on the shirt on the show but if you're wearing one and holding one, you will be a guest on, on, on one of our episodes. You got to be wearing an Ernie shirt and holding an Ernie shirt. So that's two Ernie shirts. If you send me a picture, first person that does that is a guest on a future episode with Ernie's topic. We'll do maybe we'll do top five Ernie moments that night. We are business geniuses. <laughs> All right. So before we get into this, this topic, which I think is going to be great, we got to talk a little bit about last week's episode. Now, I was away. I was on the road with Eric Martin and the boys. I was gone. Uh, the doctor was busy, <clears throat> softball, sleeping in the cemetery. I'm not sure what he was up to. <laughs> and Ernie, I suggested he do a Black Sabbath episode because I will never do a Black Sabbath episode. And obviously, the doctor is a big fan of Sabbath. I'm surprised. I couldn't believe he didn't do it with him, but he got... A very special guest, Brian DeVito. Ernie, tell us how this went. It, it went fine. You know, I mean, um, it was over half an hour, and we didn't get to any picks yet. We got stuck talking about Kiss for like over 15 minutes, which was strange because you weren't even there. <laughs> Ernie, I, Ernie texted me uh, in the middle of the week, and this is how I always read Ernie's texts. Yo, woo, you're not, you're not going to be too happy with, with the length of this episode. So immediately when, when I heard that I wasn't going to be happy with the length of the episode, I figured him and DeVito did like 16 minutes. And maybe they had nothing to talk about. 
and they signed off. They wind up sending me the episode two and a half hours. I don't know what the hell they were even talking about. Five, you guys named 10 Black Sabbath songs in two and a half hours? Yes. I actually listened to it. Um, at the one hour mark, we were only up to number four. <laughs> DeVito, can, I mean, we know firsthand because he's been on a couple, couple other episodes. He could talk. Oh, he likes to talk. He likes the sound of his own voice. There's no oh, doubt about it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this was without Ozzy, so I could care less. Yeah. Although I respect Dio tremendously. I love him in his uh, solo career, but uh, I'm strictly Ozzy Sabbath guy. So you would have, no you would have, no foul. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother me in the least. Now we got some good feedback from the episode. <laughs> um, you know, really? yeah, we got some good feedback. They liked it. They liked the topic. They liked the picks. Um, there was some, there was some feedback. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. I'm surprised. Uh, so let, let's dive into this week's episode. Obviously, this is going to be a good one. We're going to continue our series of our top albums of a specific year. I think the last, the first one we did was 1984, right? Yes. So this, I mean, I'm just picking random years. Someone actually emailed me, and one, one of their suggestions was this year. So why not go with this year? I mean, we could really do any year, and it would be a great topic, but... You know, there's a couple real good years in those 80s year. I think 86 might be a little better than 87, but 87 is fantastic. You guys have a good time researching this one? Yeah, I didn't know what why you guys picked 87, but then when I got on the computer, I was like, wow. <laughs> a lot of stuff there. A lot of good yeah. stuff. What about you, Ern? I'm looking. Uh, you're not going to like at least two of my choices at all. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know one, then, and it's the shirt you're wearing right now. But uh, there's yeah. one you probably like even less. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. All right, before we dig in, not, not your type of music. Is it an? Oh, I think I, maybe I do know. Hold on. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't I know, know who it is, is, but I'm. I think I know the genre anyway. Before we start, <laughs> we're recording a little bit late tonight. I, I believe uh, the, the monster is at work, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to play this topic today, but let's try it anyway. Doc, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm having Tito's and soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's keeping it light. He's at work. I'm off the clock, and uh, I'm stuck here. I got to sleep here, so. Is that why those things behind you, are, I, I see steam coming out. Is that okay, or are you off the clock? You're not looking. <laughs> No, it's not steam. It's all right. The building's an old, old building. The fire panels. It's like the end of the shining. <laughs> yes, that's what you're right. <laughs> right. Ernie, right. what are you drinking? Up the French vanilla decaffeinated tea. Whoa. Helps me fall asleep. Yeah, I just got a water tonight too. I don't know. I'm not I'm not into I, I was I was drinking a little heavy this last weekend, so I'm uh keeping it light for a couple of days. You need to detox. Exactly. Ernie, shouldn't you drink that after the, the podcast? It makes my voice flow. He's gonna st I still want the NyQuil. I want us all to do a shot of NyQuil as we start the episode and see who 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 can who dozes <laughs> off first. It's been recording for 12 hours. And not, there's nothing there. 
<laughs> All right, let's dive in. I mean, this episode this episode's gonna be great. There's so many great albums to choose from. I'm assuming we're gonna have some duplicates, but I'm dying to see where you guys went. Ernie, oh uh, no, you know what, Doctor? Let's start with you. Okay, I went with Guns N' Roses' "Appetite for Destruction." Although my feelings for that band has changed over the years, um, when that album came out, uh, like I always say, game changer. It was uh, something completely different. They sounded unique. The songs, I'm trying to remember back then. Right now, I could give a, give a rat's ass about any of the shit. But back then, it was freaking amazing. You know, even Axl Rose's voice was revered. So, um, yeah, they didn't sound like anyone else. It was awesome. I agree with this choice. Yeah. Uh, this is on my list, too. Listen, I understand the choice. I get it. But I just never was a fan. Never, never a fan of the band at all. Always despised Axel's voice. Never could get into it. Never thought it was good. I remember having an argument with my friend in. We were in grammar school in the in the parking lot. He's like, "Oh, have you heard this new band, Guns N' Roses?" I'm like, "Yeah, God, that guy's he can't sing. He's terrible." He's like, "What are you talking about? It's the greatest thing ever." So, listen, I understand people liking it. I just can't get into it. I really can't. The the album is solid. Yep. I mean, I guess Out to Get Me, maybe, or in, what's the other one? Thinking about you. Yeah, I don't but know otherwise, the album is solid all the way through. Yeah, Every song. Yeah. Yeah, and when you said Game Changer, listen, I get it. And Nirvana was a Game Changer, too. Didn't make me like it. And Guns N' Roses, too. You know, I was, you know, obviously, I think we were all into the hair metal stuff and pop metal, whatever the hell you want to call it, Bon Jovi and Cinderella and that stuff. When Guns N' Roses came in, they started that, like, I always called it dirty metal. I called it, like, yeah, I, you know, that I, the black leather and the dark, dark black hair and, you know, the pale-looking skin where every, every everything else was fun and happy and Guns N' Roses was drugs and, you know, that type of stuff, like, dreary. It's just I never got into the look and the sound. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but we're just talking about the album here. Yeah. No, yeah, I get it. Listen, I get it. It's obviously still lives up to one of the biggest selling albums ever, right? Oh, it's, yep, it's way up there now. All right, good start. I hope that was Ernie's number one. It'll be, oh, no, I think I know Ernie's number one. Come on, Ernie, what do you got? Number five. Uh, this was an album that I had to go to Drago's house to listen to all the time. Uh, nobody else owned it. They had it. I don't even know if I know how to name, uh, to pronounce the title of this band. Um, In Excess or In Excess, maybe? In Excess, right? In Excess. In Excess. There yeah. Um, th they came out with Kick in 1987. And everybody said this was a pop band, but it sounded like rock to me. And I loved it. Uh, Devil Inside is a rock song as far as I'm concerned. The whole album is good. New Sensation, Need You Tonight. And Never Tear Us Apart is one of the greatest songs from this year, actually, in my opinion. Never Tear Us Apart is like my top, I would say, top 15 love songs of all time. Wow. It's, I, that's it, a great, great I, song. Yeah. I just don't know. I mean, I know a little bit about, you know, the hits and stuff, but I really don't know the band. I got to, I mean, I got to go back and listen to them. It's not something I ever really listen to. I know, you know, if they come on, I know them, but it's not something, New Sensation, I definitely know. I don't know the band. I definitely don't know, know the, the record. Devil, in, Devil Inside? 
I, not off the top of my head. If I heard it, maybe I would know it. Devil inside. It sounds like rock to me. They said it was yeah. a pop album, but I is, this, it was rock. is this their first album, Ern? I don't think so. You know, Doc? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so either. I don't yeah. think so either. <laughs> Good choice. I, again, I don't know enough about them. Are they still around, Ern? No, nah, I think it's hung himself. Oh, really? What was the yeah, singer's name? Oh. Michael Hutchinson. Hutchins, Hutchins. He hung himself with a shower curtain? On he a shower curtain. You can, you can hang yourself with a shower curtain. You can hang from a shower curtain. That's not true. <laughs> you have more of a chance of hanging it with the shower. What kind of shower is he in? That... You'd have to be doing a chin up and put your head on top of the shower curtain. It's a strong shower curtain. To use the rod there. I don't want to uh, get too much into it because it's, uh, it's sad, but he hung himself by accident. He was into a certain type of uh, oh, I get it, sexual thing, really. Yes, yeah, fixation. Yeah, yeah. Smart, real morons. Out. There's really a lot of idiots in this world, isn't there? <laughs> it really is. He had the he had the double inside. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have to say, he was looking for that new sensation. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to hell. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, uh, Take a little swig of the basil, yeah. Hayden. <laughs> there you go. Well, that la that last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right back to where you were. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, they had a whole TV show with replacing the singer. Oh, it was a reality TV show. yes, rock star in excess. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. All right, good yep. start. Yeah, good start. The Guns N' Roses I don't love. In excess, I'm, I don't really know, so I'm glad, glad we talked about it. My number five, <clears throat> I talk about this guy all the time. I don't think the doctor still hasn't gone and listened to him. Richard Marks. <laughs> Richard Marks' first record, 1987. Fantastic. Oh, my God, what a debut record. So many great hits on this on this record, but all the, the, all the, all the B-sides, too, are killer. Just a great, again, pop rock record i know he's mr ballad but he's really not go back and listen to the first record it's you know it's way more along the lines of brian adams and stuff like that it's it's just it's power pop which is really basically my favorite genre of music is this his first album yep it is self-titled I'll, yeah. I'll check it out <clears throat> self-titled i actually prefer the second record but this album is great too you know, we got to follow up on our homework assignments. I don't know if you guys, did you check out the list, the SNL? Guys I, uh, Afraid of Planets? Yeah, I look, because, well, so a, a little backstory on the, the SNL episode. So when we upload to YouTube, I try to include as many clips as we can. And sometimes YouTube blocks them, sometimes they don't. You know, most of the time we're good to go. The audio version, all the SNL clips were perfect. We were fine. They're all on the audio version. If you go on to spotify or apple podcast or iHeartRadio, <clears throat> everything is included but for some reason youtube every single snl clip that i put on was blocked they would not let me use even one of them so that's why the episode took so long to air on youtube it's it's up there now without any of the clips but that's one of the episodes i really wanted to include the clips because they are fantastic yes the plan episodes with the googly eyes i was yeah. crying <laughs> as i was editing the episode crying that's awesome. 
Yeah, you always know. You'll say it was the ferns. I always knew it was going to be the ferns. It's so good. He's <laughs> because he's always plays Christopher Walken. He doesn't play anyone else. It's it was great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. All right, back around to you, Doc. Number four. Did you even make a choice? Oh, yeah, you did. Okay. See, Ernie, look, we're like eight minutes in. We're up to number four, not one hour in. This, this, uh, this, my list is really, it sticks to my genre of music that I always liked. And that's pretty much who I am. If, I, if we're talking a full album, I always stuck to my heavy metal and hard rock, you know? So I had to go Def Lep and Hysteria. That's on my list. Have- <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys remember Playground. I used to, I used to have the love beats, uh, broken heart on my ass. It was painted on my jeans. I know Joey <laughs> yes, did because I, I was always standing in front of him. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't remember it until you just said it. Yes. <laughs> you, were always, you were always looking at my ass. Yeah, I was, that was always in front of you anyway. That was my view the whole night. <laughs> so, yeah, what that song alone uh, is fantastic. But it is... Uh, <clears throat> I got the cool thing. They said during the hair, hair metal sunset, during hair metal sunset, Def Leppard released what is arguably its peak hysteria before Guns N' Roses killed off the remaining glam metal bands. Yeah, true. Party. But I, um, I don't know that the months. Yeah, that of, I don't really know the months that they came out, but <clears throat> yeah, it always felt like I always thought Guns N' Roses didn't really hit in '87. They kind of took them a little bit to hit, right, Ernie? Uh, they actually have the uh, the longest amount of time. Before an album, after between an album being released and finally hitting number one, is Appetite for Destruction, where it when took did, a full over a year. Did it hit? Did it hit even in almost eighty nine? Almost, I feel like I remember Guns N' Roses being more like eighty nine. When I saw eighty seven uh, for Appetite, I was surprised because it took so long. It um, it took over a year. It was out before it finally hit the number one, which is yeah, the longest but, ever for an album. Because, like what Tommy said, you know, pop metal, hair metal was still dominating everything in 87 88 and then 89 it was starting to turn i think this you know, uh, um, go ahead Aaron. oh i was gonna say um just what we're just what we're just talking about welcome to the jungle was released as a single and it failed yeah. i mean that's that's how and then sweet child of mine was released and went to number one and then welcome to the jungle came out again and then it was wow. a big hit so they were they were having trouble at the beginning so you so can basically say so a, sweet, a sweet child of mine doesn't hit big. They don't have that. Yeah. We don't know where that album goes. We, we wouldn't be talking about them, would we? Yeah, right? but you know what? We might not be very, talking about them. Very similar to your pick, Doctor. Hysteria didn't hit at first either. Hysteria yeah. was a flop until Pour Some Sugar came out. What was the first single? Love Bites or Animal, right? Or Women? Uh, Animal. Uh, animal and animal. Women were both was both released before Pour Some Sugar on. Right. And listen, I love listen, I love the record. It's on my honorable mentions. I think it's an incredible record. But if you really go back and listen to Animal and and Woman, they're kind of weird songs to release first. You know what I mean? I I love the songs, but I get why they weren't it didn't take off. They don't have that that those songs don't have yeah. that catch. That catchy uh, chorus. Right. So like, it is kind of like weird some that they came out. Yeah, Animal. but it took them like three years to come out with that album because of the uh, the accident that he went through. Even that more, maybe through. even so three more. Years. No, more, right? What, no, what I year? Looked, I looked, Pyro, Pyromania was what year? Pyromania is 83. I don't know what Pyromania was. Pyromania is 83, so four years. 
And it's well, so they funny. Said three years in the, in the Wikipedia, they said three years. You know what's so funny? Back then, but, but I remember. Wikipedia says four years. Which <laughs> is what we go by, Ernipedia. Yeah, well, they come out with the album and they toured for a year. Then they went in the studio. There's your three years. There you go. <laughs> and you know what's so funny, too? As a kid, <laughs> obviously, we were all big fans of Pyromania. And I remember, like, oh, mm. my God. Why is it? I'm, obviously, he lost his arm. But still, we were like, when the hell is Def Leppard going to release their new record? Nowadays, three years in between records is nothing. You're flying. You're great. <laughs> yeah. Back then, everyone was releasing one or two albums a year. Right. You're right. Well, to date, it's sold 20 million copies. So... Yeah, they're happy. What sold more, Ernie? Hysteria or Appetite? I'm going to guess Appetite, right? I'm going to guess Appetite, but I'm really not positive. Yeah, it's got to be pretty I, I gotta close. Guess. It's got to be Appetite. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Animal before, the first single. Another thing why it didn't do well, Animal is not rock at all. Yeah. It's 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 just pop. There's no rock whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't compare that album to Pyromania at all. I mean, Pyromania was... You know, more rock to I me. Agree. That was definitely more pop, without a doubt. But uh, Love it, Bites is definitely one of, one of my favorite songs, though. Me too. I, I've, I love the song Hysteria. It might be my favorite on the record. I love it. Great. Yeah, that's a great song, too. I think maybe people just weren't ready. I mean, it, w it was so polished, that record, the sound and the quality. I almost feel like people weren't ready for it, like the drum sound and the backing vocals and all this, all this technology was, was taking over. A lot over. of overproduction, a yeah. lot of overproduction, and they yeah. could have very easily overshot that too. Yeah, you know that was it was very busy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know. All right, Ernie, number four. Uh, you're gonna hate this one. Uh, in '87, uh, uh, one of my friends from Marine Park, Joey Gumbaro, started throwing these big keg parties in the middle of the park. And these were hurricane keg parties. So we were definitely gonna go because somehow tell people what hurricane what does that mean, Ernie? Oh, this was the um the, the neighborhood football league. It wasn't associated with the high school, it was the neighborhood. Yeah. Joey but, Joey Cabarro threw football parties and, and then Ernie started throwing shopping carts to the windows. <laughs> which was me leaving one of the Gambaro parties. <laughs> I don't like it. Ernie, you're such a you're such an innocent man. <laughs> Not even I ever threw a shopping cart to the window. <laughs> Listen, we, I'm sure we've done all done worse than that, which we'll talk about in our own top five episodes, which we're going to do on each other. But what, so, what are you <laughs> listening at these to, at these keg parties, Ernie? Well, he always played the same album, and I just uh, it's all, every time I hear this album, I go right back to these parties. It's a group called Boogie Down Productions, and the album is called Criminal Minded. Sweet heaven. And I'm assuming you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, probably. Is it <laughs> is the name of the artist Boogie Down Productions really, Ernie? Yeah, but um, BDP maybe might be more. Oh, well, oh, why did you say so? <laughs> uh, the 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 main rapper KRS One. No, still nothing. Oh, oh, now now I know. <laughs> Can you give me a song that they that, that they? <laughs> you won't know it. Uh, the bridge is over in South Bronx was big. On this album, criminal minded, don't be. He's always got it. He always thinks he's the smartest one in the room. He's got to be the smartest one in the room. He's got to do these smart ass well, picks. He is, he is what was the last? One. What was? Well, room. he he is the smartest one in our in this he's room. In his room, yeah. He's <laughs> the only one in his room. <laughs> the only one in the room. Where was the last time you put that on Boogie Down Productions and KGGGP, whatever it is? 
It, yes, it, <laughs> yes, it has been a while. But the second, I hear this album, <laughs> the second I hear anything from this album, I'm transported back to these big parties that we all went to because somehow he got the cheerleaders to be going to them at, um, at night. And that was a, at that age, that was a big deal. <laughs> no need to say more anymore. That that's it. Again, I'll say it. I say it every week. I, I'll fucking keep saying it every week. That's why we do this show, transporting it back in time. If you can hear any song and it transports back to a great memory and a time, and you're instantly there, that to me is what music is all about. One hundred percent creates an emotion, a reflection, whatever it is. Uh, that that makes what well, even if even if even if you don't like the song. Like the stupid Whitney Houston song from the Hamptons, Ernie. What's what's the Manny song? Uh, my love is your love. Right. Let me answer your question. It's difficult to count the world's total number of songs. As new Alexa, stop. <laughs> Alexa was answering. <laughs> I guess you're not the only one in the room. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you said that because Love Bites, I took the lyrics from uh, actually for uh, It Could Have Been You. The same type of lyrics. They're almost mirrored lyrics. When he says, uh, when you make love, do you look in the mirror? Does he, does he, you know, does he look like me? And there was a, there's a lyric in there that's like, when you're making love, do you cry my name or do you cry for him? And does he feel the same? So I was along the same vein, same vein. You didn't steal I any lyrics from Boogie Down Productions and GBLQ? <laughs> no, I but I'm working with it right that. now. <laughs> right after I get off of this, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I never noticed that. Um, hey, Brian Johnson from ACDC once mentioned um, this group. Me, in a good way or a bad way? He said he once heard a rap version of Back in Black. And if anybody has it, he would love the, um, them to send it to him. He's been trying to get a hold of it. And I was going to try to find um, Brian Johnson's like address and everything. Because like, I knew what and he was And it was, it was this band it. that did it? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. But what does that mean? The song Dope Beat. He heard, he heard someone was doing his song. That doesn't mean he likes them. He could have heard it and said, this sucks. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's not what he said, but you're, he could have said that. Well, he, didn't, he, how could he, he never heard it before, so how could he like him? <laughs> he says no. he heard once and he was trying to get a hold of it. Listen, I can't Only imagine... Ken I can't imagine I like this music, but I, I do love the reason why you picked it. The story behind it being transported back to the football keg parties with the cheerleaders there. Now, are you trying to get the cheerleaders mud pies, Ernie? What are you giving it? What are you doing here? They're drinking from the keg and, you know, just hoping they get drunk. <laughs> Thank God for the cheerleaders because you don't get arrested about the homework thing in school when he's stalking all the girls. <laughs> uh, hey, um, the one night I actually um, slept in the park all night long. I'm so tired and drunk, I decided to lie down on the on the on the grass, and it slept all night in the park for some reason. Was at was after one of those parties. You slept just in the grass. Yeah, in the middle of the park. Nice. I could have been murdered. <laughs> Who's gonna murder? You? Was that in Marine Park? Or was, it during, was it during the winter when they moved down his basement? The parties. Is that what well, happened, or was when it? When I slept it, in the park, that was the summer. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah. The winter is when they went into um, the basement. Yeah, his parents are very lenient. Let's put it that way. Very, very <laughs> lenient. Those were good times. All right, back around to me, number four. This one has to be, I'm probably on both of your lists, I'm going to assume, if not definitely on one of your lists. Whitesnake, 87. Uh, 
just a great record. I mean, I already knew White Snake. White Snake was, a, and this is a great topic we're gonna, we're gonna do in the future too. Billy brought it up. White Snake was a big U68 band for us back in New York, right? We, there was a lot of slide it in and slow and easy on U68. U68 was a a channel we would get literally on the UFH UFH uh, frequency UHF UHF frequency. And it was and the, the U68 channel would be the music channel we would get, and sometimes we would get the Power Hour, and uh, they'd have like metal videos because I didn't have cable at this time, and the only other way to see videos for me was like Friday night videos, and very rarely did they play, you know, old White Snake videos or you know U68 played Thor and Raven and a lot of good stuff. <laughs> but I already knew White Snake. I wasn't a big White Snake fan yet, but when this record came out, obviously this is the commercial white snake record it just you know it took over took over the the world uh that's my uh number one pick wow um john sykes uh what what can what can can't you say about that yeah. guy on that guitar uh he's unbelievable he's a phenom everyone know, well i don't know who's familiar with him but if you know anything about heavy metal or something john sykes is a, a, a well-known uh guitarist and uh it, the album is it's, it's heavy, it's clean, it, the production's fantastic. His voice is awesome. Awesome. Um, the songs, are, uh, I mean, Crying in the Rain. Uh, you've got to be kidding me, man. That, still, that of, still of the Night. I mean, again, I know a lot of these yeah. are overplayed through the years, but holy cow. Here I go again, even though it was on a previous White Snake album. This is the better version. Uh, so many great songs. And like you said, it's 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 not too commercialized where it's like pop metal. It's still heavy, but yet heavy. it has all those pop sensibilities that, you know, the other commercial rock bands were doing at the time. I just described the sound on that album. It's just clean. Yeah, it it's was great. Very clean, you know, uh, very well produced. And the song's awesome. And the videos. Let's not forget about Katane. Of course. Yeah, it's like the first, you know, reoccurring video vixen right in in that time and i don't know i don't know the story behind the band obviously sykes is on this whole record but sykes then it does this he like leaves right and then that's when they get like his own campbell thing. and then obviously later sykes on steve vi yeah sykes is his own thing so he just teamed up he's actually he's in the writing credits with uh Cumberdale. Yeah, but John so Sykes they, was they on, but he was on the he was on the previous record or two also, right? John Sykes was the guitar player for a while in White Snake. I, I don't. I got to be honest with you. I didn't know that. I, I I'm not sound, positive either, like but it, I, think, I, I, I think so. Ernie, do you know? I know Sykes went and made Blue Murder. Yeah, can I you look it up? Because I'm trying. I know Sykes was on slow the the uh, slide it in stuff. That's definitely Sykes. Let's see. You know, you just mentioned something interesting. Um, oh, I, which I was going to say, you know, uh, we like this album when it came out, but there are some albums from the 80s that got by me that I never heard until the last 15, 20 years. Out of those albums, the one I think I love the most is White Snake's Slide It In. It's so good. I, I didn't hear this album until about 15 years ago. At, with the, we never listened to it when we were younger for some reason. The, the, well, uh, this album dominated. This was the album that dominated. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, it just those two records, Slide It In and White Snake. Those are the two 
Sykes records, 84 and 87. Eight, eight time platinum. Yeah. But whatever that means. Well, eight time, I mean, that's means. Well, I know what that means. Right. What I'm saying, but. Yeah. I mean, again, that summer, summer of 87 is like a big summer for me. This album was everywhere. You know, we played this album to death. So Maybe this I, was. You, had the you also had the comparison of uh, Still the Night to uh, um, Kashmir, the, sure. the styles. Right. With, right. With the, you know, kind of remind, you know, and his voice, of right. course, is in the same range almost as Robert Plant. So I there's can, a lot of similarities. And like you said before, Ernie, for some reason, this record, whenever I hear songs like Here I Go Again, I get transported back to block parties in the summer, block parties all over the neighborhood. You know, we were basically in the same neighborhood. I was a little bit further towards Flatbush than you guys, but. I remember being on, you know, 36th Street, 35th Street, all those block parties I used to go to all the time. And this, you know, the, the big DJ right in the middle of the block and White Snake, yeah. this record would always be pumping throughout the throughout the night. Yep. Awesome pick. All right, Doc, back around. Number three. Ready to take my number one. <laughs> okay. Tribute, Ozzy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, surprising. Look, two, we got two Ernie's on screen. Hey. <laughs> really? Are you really picking this Aussie record? I have to. Oh, Jesus. The whole thing of the folklore of Randy Rhodes never being heard live before was freaking mind-blowing. Now, I don't know if you can understand that. I know you love Derek Carr, but if he had died tragically and it was never a live album ever released and just studio stuff, I mean, it would mean a lot to you to hear him play live. It's, you know? it's, Not that I was a guitarist. It, it's exactly what you just described. Eric Carp died tragically, and there was never a live album released. <laughs> there's a but there's video. No, but there's videos. There's live videos, concerts of Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so there was there was no footage. Yeah. Up to that date, none. Crazy. Absolutely nothing. It was insane. So you would just, and it was the first time you actually heard like Randy actually do a guitar solo. You know, by itself, in and of by itself, it was fantastic. It was mind blowing. The what? songs, I, I, I could, I could, I didn't go out and buy the album. I think I might have just to hear Randy, but the songs, I could give a crap about. I heard him a thousand times. It was, what I just tour to hear was that recorded on? Diary. That's diary. A diary tour. Yeah. That's his last tour. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, I know, oh, and no. I, I picture the album cover. I, I know it. Was there any live videos released? To coincide with that or no? They they released uh the crazy train video. Yeah, but yeah, but I know it's the not like, live. I know it's, the one. No, it's not live. It's in a, it's in a it's on Ozzie a stage has in a short film. hair, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. This actually there's a video that they're playing, but it's not in a stadium live. Okay. It might be a show, I think, in Manhattan. Oh, or okay. You know, but uh yeah, that's I I mean. It was a big, it was a big deal for everyone to hear what Randy sounded like live and playing Black Sabbath, what he sounded like. Oh, there's, Black Sabbath. there's Sabbath stuff on that record too. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. cool. A little bit. Yeah, it's a double album, so he did he did it all, so he really changed it up big oh, time. I get it for Aussie fans. I, I get why that's a big moment. Sure. I didn't even realize yeah. that was '87. Yeah, I thought it was later, but no, '87. I think the the picture on the cover is actually hysterical if you take a look at it though. Yeah, it, it's great. But it, you know how light Randy has to be 
and how strong Ozzy has to be to hold somebody up by one leg like that. <laughs> I don't I don't think the second is necessarily true. From pictures that I've seen of Randy, he was maybe 110 pounds. Maybe. You, you well, can only Ozzie do that. You can only hold some, a toddler like that, really. Right. <laughs> well, Ozzy did. Ozzy did. He picked up that little Chinese kid that was playing Crazy Train, too, the same way. Yep. You ever see that? Right, and Ozzy's on, on, on the Ellen show. I don't remember. On the Ellen show, the, the Oriental kid comes out, and he's a he's a, a virtuoso, and he plays old Randy Rhodes, and the kid's like seven years old, little Oriental kid, and also an Ozzy comes sneaking up behind him, as he's as he's talking to Ellen, and Ozzy's standing behind him, and the kid turns around, the kid doesn't know what to do, so they start jamming, and the kid plays the leads. And Ozzy picks him up like he picked up Randy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. And Ozzy's, him on with him. Ozzy's no beefcake either. He doesn't look like he's a he's a strong man. But he was big in that time period. <laughs> he kind of looks like how I looked in playground next to uh, Brandon, Steve, and Brian. <laughs> yeah. You know, three mops. I look like a freaking. <laughs> I look like a pro wrestler. Ridiculous. All right. I don't love Joey, the pick, but I Joey, get it. Yeah. Well, if you were out front, Joey, at least you would have made me look respectable. That's how I was hiding, hiding behind the drum set. I was hiding my ass in the back. <laughs> so. All right. Somehow we got Ozzy into the episode again. Ernie, <laughs> what do you got? Number three. The finest pop metal album ever, in my opinion, on Hysteria. It's. It's every song. You got good taste, Ernie. Good taste. Yes. Uh, well, you you ruined a, a couple of my choices already, but by the way, but yeah, Hysteria is my number three for this year. It's it's great. I I'm so surprised that you guys haven't. I know what your number ones are anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. No, you don't. You don't know my number one. I think I know Ernie's. I know I haven't listened to it yet, so I'll leave it at that. You guys keep telling me to listen to it, but anyway. No, I mean I don't know. Yeah, what can you say about the hysterious, hysterious? Yeah, like listen, I said, very busy, very busy. <laughs> a lot of shit going on in each song. It didn't make my list, but I, it's a it's a phenomenal record. It's a record I go back to a lot. I listen to it a lot. I think it's great. Yeah, it's got so many hits. Yeah. it's almost almost. Joe, can you hit. play? How do you play when you when you just have you ever jammed out to him? And how he plays with the uh, how, how yeah do you... no it's regular playing because he's he's not substituting anything he all he's doing he's playing his rhythm hand with his regular right hand and then right. instead of hitting the left hand with a snare he hits his left foot so he's not removing anything so it's it's regular it's just with his okay. left foot so I mean when I jam when I covered Def Leppard songs over the years I don't do that obviously I play regular but. No, it's it's incredible what he. Oh, did. you know, really you don't is. pull your arm in, you don't pull your arm in the sleeve, and I tape it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you guys know the story of how um he he got to stay in the band after he lost his arm? He um he's a, he's in a hospital room. The singer is visiting him, and um he goes, "I still want to play drums." And the singer's looking at him with one arm, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." The singer thought it was the, it was the drugs talking. <laughs> he he thought his arm was still intact. Well, what I remember. Well, the story is because they, he had the fan. They they reattached the it. Thing going. He they, thought he, he thought he still had his arm. They reattached yes, his arm. Yes, he did. And it was on for a couple days, 
and it didn't take. It started to get, you know, all discolored, gangrene and I stuff. Heard, I heard he was, and they he had was to playing in a show. And arm, I heard he was playing in a show and the arm came off. It just tore. <laughs> That's right out of Monty Python. I don't know. Yeah, if this, I don't know if this is true, but I heard after when the arm they had to amputate the arm, they tried attaching a drumstick instead. But I don't know if this is true. You're disgusting, Ernie. This, this shove a drumstick. <laughs> I did hear like they didn't obviously they didn't know if he was going to be able to do it. So their very first show back, they had like another guy off stage drumming as well, and backing him up. And then by the end of that first show, they they're like, "You've you know, we don't need you anymore." He was totally fine doing it himself. And you know, it's, it's an incredible story. He has been playing longer now with oh, one arm than he was with two for like quite a oh, few. Now, he was only like now. He was, he was probably 25. 15, 20 years now. Yeah, he was probably yeah. 23, 25 when he got his arm uh, cut off. Great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great picker. All right, so my number three. Now I have. I'm going to do an Ernie here. I have two choices from a number three, only because I know for sure one of them is Ernie's, and I'm going to I'm going to leave it for him. That's this is the kind of guy that I am. I'm going to leave it for him. Now the other one also might be one of Ernie's, but I wanted one of these on my list no matter what. So I'm going to go with the other one. I think the other one will be Ernie's. So I'm going to go number three. Michael Jackson's bad. Just, again, I know he's a piece of garbage of, you know, all the stories that came out, but what this right after Thriller, what an incredible record. I mean, the way you make me feel, you know, Dirty Diane, uh, Dirty Diana, Smooth Criminal, so many, this album is phenomenal. Michael is still, I, I mean, he did some good stuff after this, but this is his last, to me, last great, great record. I respect him. Dirty Diana, Steve Stevens. He uh, he always had a good knack of picking up Eddie Van Halen for jump up uh, for uh, beat it, and, and then Steve Stevens, and then Slash. And I, I I want people they should go on YouTube and see Slash playing live with Michael Jackson yeah. when he doesn't listen to Michael Jackson after a solo. It's pretty funny. I Michael saw that. gets yeah. mad at him. Fantastic, but uh, I can't do the Michael thing. I respect him. I his voice Dirty Diana. I love. I like a few of his songs. He was too pop for me. I love it. He always was too pop for me. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Um, I'm okay. Billie Jean is one of my favorite songs of all time. Thriller is a better. Don't get me wrong. Thriller is a better record, and so is Off the Wall. Yes, but I agree. Bad is incredible too. It's still great. Bad is his third greatest album. Which which sounds like an insult, right? <laughs> but look at the other two albums; they're perfection. Right, agreed. Yeah. Perfectly said. Yeah, he's got he's, he sold Thriller at seventy million. I, I had to look this up to put this in comparison. Bad sold thirty five, and Thriller, one of the greatest selling albums of all time, is seventy. Double. Wow. Yeah, and that's the highest selling album of all time. Still, I just looked up the list just now. I know that changes between back and black and right. stuff, but yep, yeah. Listen, I mean, like not only the greatest selling record, Michael Jackson was untouchable those years. Again, I think it was a, it was a thing where he another thing he took not not that he got really got hurt on album sales. Thirty five million is pretty good. <laughs> Unfortunately, his uh, the little boys went over his house weren't untouchable, but 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I forget the quote by by someone, but it was like one of the Yankees. They said, you know, Stalin and and Hitler could play for the Yankees as long as we win. I don't care who's playing for the Yankees. I don't care about these people as people. Yes, he if all that stuff he he did with the kids no, is I true, it, it's disgusting. I don't care. I, understand. I listen to the music. If I look at a painting or if I watch an actor on TV, I don't care if I like him in real life. I don't know him. Could care less if I like him. If I like his art, I'm I like the art. I don't like him. There is one exception. Oh. Gene Simmons. Well, <laughs> no, you don't like Gene Simmons or his music. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can I can deal with his music. I can't deal with him at all. No, stop. It's great. Oh, come on. When you told me when you were on tour with him that you picked up the phone and say, hey, Gene, what's up? And he goes, oh, by the way, it's uh, Mr. Simmons. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Stop no, but it. that's the persona he puts on. He was always, trust me, I hung out with him every day. He's a sweetheart. Talked to my mother on the phone one time, tried to get her to the show. He was a sweetheart. But there was a switch that went off when there was a camera on or when there was a, uh, someone that wasn't in the inner circle that was around. He was a different person. And I, I get it. I, you know, I, I didn't understand it at first, but after spending a couple months with him, I saw the differences and why he was different. Well, I get he's it. He's about the brain. He's about yeah, the brain. Yeah, of course. He's, he's, just, he's, a sale, yeah, he's, just, he's an obnoxious salesman, but he's also a sweet guy, sweetheart, kind guy, too. Not unlike Ernie. Right. Hello, hello, Mrs. Casada. Your son owes me money. This is Gene Simmons <laughs> from KISS. <laughs> by the way, uh, Joseph by the way your, your, uh, your band, the uh, disease resemble S's. I'm going to need you to change that. It's too to close to the kiss, the kiss lightning bolts. Change that. <laughs> Come on, man. <coughs> he, All right, so is he? he's, actually, he's actually threatened. He was actually threatened by your cover band. <laughs> Come on. No, but Whatever. he's not. It's, listen, like I said, he would he would have literally given us the shirt off his back. But there's certain things where he's right. He's, you know, it's business. Yeah, shirt off his back for 50 bucks. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Ernie, how much money do you have in your pocket? Give it to me. <laughs> Five dollars. That'll, that'll do. That'll do. You know, the group ABBA is actually suing um, an ABBA cover band for playing their music right now. Playing their music or, or um, using their name and stuff? I, you know, I guess I, did, I didn't follow the story that closely, but I assumed it was for playing their music without, without a copy. Without well, the way it works, the, the way it works is obviously not for all places, but what happens is obviously there's a million cover bands out there. There's been cover bands for years, hundreds of all time. There's everyone playing each other's music, right? There's more tribute bands than ever now, but there's always been top 40 bands playing the songs on the radio. Usually what Lens. happens is it's each club, anytime, any venue that has live music, they have a, 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 a built-in fee to their, to their venue that they pay to, whether it's ASCAP or whatever the publishing company is, that they're allowed to have music played by other artists. And those artists, you know, get a little tiny trickle back. So it's not illegal to go to a bar get paid to play ABBA's music. It's not illegal. That bar pays for the right for you to do that. What's illegal is you can't use the name ABBA and try to advertise that ABBA is playing there that night. 
That's the right. that's they, the they gotta, that's the sticky situation. Brand. Right. Right. They're protecting their brand. It's all about brands. Exactly right. You're all, you're allowed to even about. be in an ABBA tribute band called, you know, whatever. You're allowed to do that. It's just you can't false advertise that it's really ABBA going to be there. For instance, the Kiss tribute band that Tommy brought up before, our name used to be Kiss. We had the Kiss logo and then tiny in, in like this other lettering, Nation. Kiss, Nation. So, you know, on a marquee where, you know, we had our name on posters and marquees all over the place, it looked like Kiss Nation. So, you know, Gene, one time, Gene, we were on the VH1 special with them. And, you know, Gene and Paul appeared on the special with us, but they were like, you know, this logo looks awfully familiar. He's like, you know, um, and he's like, you know, we, I forget that. I've seen this. Paul, tell me where I've seen this before. <laughs> and he's, I forget exactly what he said, but he said Why something like... Why are you like, going into like William Shatner? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good Gene Simmons. And he said something to the effect of, you know, we could we can go about this two ways. You could fix it or our lawyers could fix it. <laughs> and, you know, we never, we never wind up changing the logo. It was the same thing. We never changed it. We don't give a shit. What was he going to sue us for? Not that we don't have money, but it, it's, but it's true. You know what I mean? It was true. He was technically right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Doctor number two. Come on, guys. Which one is this? You got to know it. So White Snake is one. What's your two? Come on. Anthrax? Easy. Anthrax? Oh. Among oh. the Living is 87, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't know your number two. I don't know. Joshua Tree. You too. Oh, sister's mama. Whoops. <laughs> My sister's mama. <laughs> Two great picks back to back. Ozzy, why do I, why was he even on this show, Ernie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm always going to get you two and Ozzy in there somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, fastest selling album in British history. Is that number that? How could that be true with the Beatles? Fastest selling. It didn't say the Ernie. they had 25 million copies sold. Fastest selling album. Shouldn't, Look it up. Shouldn't Britain hate that could be possible. <laughs> right, Irish? that's a good point. What? They should hate you, you two. <laughs> the, the Irish and the yeah, English. I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I I often thought I often thought about that myself. <laughs> you know, they're from Southern Ireland, so. Uh, I think the people feel different, differently about Southern Ireland than the government of Britain feels about Southern Ireland. Right. You know, England, that's obviously England, the case. England, England, I think England thinks Southern Ireland will soon be part of England. <laughs> that's, <what Right>. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing with Michael Jackson. It doesn't matter if he's a bad, a bad guy. It doesn't matter if you two is, you know, from a different country and you're, you're at war with them. If you like the music, buy the record. Who gives a shit? And, and, by, and by the way, just in your sentence... When you say Michael ba- Michael Jackson bad, how could you even watch? Uh oh, watch that video with a. Hold, hold on. on, Tommy, you froze. Say it again. How could you even watch the Michael Jackson bad video with a straight face? That's the one when he starts off when he starts breaking all the cars for 15, 20 minutes. No, that's that's smooth criminal, right? Uh, black and white. No, when he's breaking the cars, black and white's not that one. Yeah, the, the very the very end of black and white. Oh, that's the no. end of it. He's just screaming. Ah, wah! Yeah. 
<laughs> Billy's Billy's is just to play that all the time. We used to cry in tears. But I'm bad. Come on, stop it. I, I don't, you know, it's comical to me. But anyway, getting I mean, back to Josh. Well, hold on. Pretty- no, no, we don't need to talk about Joshua Tree. Back to back to Michael Jackson and Billy. <laughs> Billy, we forgot to mention. Billy is notorious. So Billy, who's been on our show many times, Billy Z. Uh, any party, wedding, possibly even some of the funerals we've been to. Somehow Billy always finds a way to bust out into his Billy Jean routine. Am I wrong? Every time. My wedding, he did it. Tommy's wedding, I think. He, did he do it yours? He did it. Yes, Ernie's he did. wedding, he did it. So if I can find video of all the, the the different clips of Billy doing some Billy Jean, I'll insert it now. But it's a, it's a crowd stopper, baby. All right, go ahead. Joshua Tree. Pause a second, doctor. You're freezing again. He's frozen, Ern. Doc, you hear us? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Did you do this on purpose because of you two? Well, listen. If we <laughs> if we if we can't talk about it, we can't. Oh, I, I heard him for like a, a second, but then he, he's gone again. Hold on a second. Let's see if he reconnects. You good? Can you hear me? I hear I you. had a lot of things open on my phone. I didn't realize. I see you both. I'm sorry. You froze during the whole U- the U2 segment. We're going to have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be the boss. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll pick up there. Go ahead. Talk, talk about Joshua Tree. Come on. Give me a, give me a you know, uh, best I'll, 10 I'll, second I'll, pitch. I'll say it again, Joe. I know you can't stand the, the delay. We've had this conversation on the guitars. But the rhythm section in U2 is unbelievable and powerful. It really is. It always was. All their albums, their rhythm is fantastic. I know the guitars get to you. They sound repetitive with the delay. But being a drummer, I, I, I couldn't see why you would not uh, like U2. I, I don't get it. And it's not the guitars. The guitar stuff is cool. But it's not cool every song. It's almost the reason why I don't like Maiden as well. The gallop is is fun. It's cool. But not every song. You too. But you got to admit, though, you got to admit, you too does have an edge. Wow. Very nice. Very nicely done. I don't like the edge never, that they have. I never had. Uh, I want to take the edge off, if you know what I mean. I never heard you. I never heard you two uh, played quite that like that. Was that a was that a good impression of it? <laughs> yeah, he's got it. He, he, Ernie, that's perfect. 
And that's, and that's all three hits off of that album. <laughs> I remember my I friends know. were, and I don't know the year, but was Rattle and Hum the same year? Rattle and Hum, I think, might have came afterwards. Because I remember my friends all wanted to go see that, and I went to go see it with them, and I was miserable. Well, you said they got political, right? Yeah, I mean, I listen, I don't care about that mm-hmm. stuff. I don't care about the content that much. If I like a song, no, I like a can, song. It can be annoying when you're... It can be annoying when you go there to see them play yeah. and they go into a, you know, into a. Yeah, I know, don't mind songs. Yeah, I, I mean, don't who, mind songs that are yeah. political, but I mind when you're at a concert and someone's preaching to you. That bothers me. Right, right. I agree. I, I, I'm the same way. Same way. But anyway, bullet the blue sky. I mean, she's a no name. If you could just take the guitars out of it, I mean, that's powerful yeah. bass lines. Powerful bass lines. And powerful drum lines, and I, I just thought that would appeal to you. Listen, there's, there's, there's a even bands right, that I, I hate. Even, I keep, every time, even bands I hate, whether it's Sabbath, Ozzy, U2, there's, there's songs that I like. There's some songs that I like. Don't get me wrong. Some of the Ultimate Sin songs with Ozzy, I like that record. Fool Like You, I love. I think that's a great song. I think there's a lot of good songs on that record. Bark at the Moon, I like that stuff. Even you too. I like Streets Have No Name and With or Without You. There's some there's some good stuff, but as a whole, something about them I don't like. Same thing with Guns N' Roses. Sweet Child of Mine. There's a couple songs I like. All the stuff on Use Your Illusions, I can't listen to. The big ballad, November Rain. I just, I can't get into it. Agreed. All right, Ernie. That's when enough. You no more you two and Ozzy <laughs> crap. Ernie, if you say Ozzy right now, you two, I'm getting ejected. What do you got? Number two. I'm not going to say you two. Uh-oh. I'm, but, Tom, if I have to, if, I, if I'm forced to listen to a U2 album, though, Joshua Tree is the, is the way to go. I, I will give you that much. <laughs> but, shut uh, up, Ernie. Right. Never mind. Don't buy these shirts. Yeah. Don't buy them. It's better. Why? The money's going to you. <laughs> you know what? Stop. Hold on. Buy the shirts. I forgot. Joey Simmons. <laughs> this is Gene Simmons. You gotta start a new shirt, Ernie Wise. Just so you know, Ernie's getting the profit from these shirts. I promise he's getting it. Yes, Joey's promises are worth everything. Ernie, uh, we sold. I think we sold Joey like seven of these already, Ernie. That new shirt, Ernie Wise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Come on, Ernie. Number two. You gotta work on Ernie Wise. You're not gonna like my number two. <clears throat> uh, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Christ. The album has got no filler whatsoever. Your ass every has song, no filler. Every song is listenable. I mean, if I have to take out "Out to Get Me" and what's the other one? Thinking, thinking, uh, think about you. If I got to take those two out, I would. But the whole album is perfect. In my in my opinion, I mean, even the songs that were not hits, "It's So Easy," "Night Train," "Rocket yeah. Queen" is my absolute favorite Guns N' Roses song. Mr. Brownstone is on it. It's, it's uh, I'm very happy with that album. I think I like it better that you don't like it, actually, Joe. To be honest, with you. <laughs> makes me like it even more. And again, you I know, I, it's, it's almost like <laughs> I contribute I not know. liking like it a little bit too. So. Yeah, I, I contributed a little bit to, uh, listen, the, I don't mind some of the songs and the musicianship. I don't like Axel, number one. It's almost why I didn't really love Ozzy. I like some of Ozzy's solo band stuff, all the guitarists I love, drummers I love. 
I don't love Ozzy. I don't love Axel. And I don't love Guns N' Roses because, you know, they were the signifying change in what I started. I would love. So that was the transition phase. And I was, you know, resentful in a way. You were nine. <laughs> I was a resentful nine-year-old. Let, let it go. Let, it, still, let it go. I'm still mad. Let it go. <laughs> the, uh, I don't, I, I can separate the, the person from the band. So I can't, I, if, if I, Axel's a dick, what he's done on stage by walking off concerts, cr uh, creating riots. I think there's oh. a, there was a Toronto concert when oh, they opened course. for Metallica. Of course. Or Vice, and, and, and they, they walk on stage or it, it just, they just, it adds to it. It definitely adds to it. I, I, I do like Slash a lot. I do. So. Yeah, I love, I like uh, the band and I really, album. I actually like some of the songs. I just, it's, Axel's voice and their demeanor. That's the stuff I don't love. You know what I mean? All right. My number two. I know what you're saying. My number two. We've talked about this record on, on other podcasts. This might be the one Tommy thought I was my number one. God, I love this record. I know it gets crapped on a lot by the fan base and in general. Twisted Sister, Love is for Suckers. God, I love this record. It's such an underrated record. So many people don't even know it exists. Obviously, Twisted Sister was so big when Stay Hungry came out, and obviously the, the previous two records, Under the Blade and, and Can't Stop Rock and Roll. Then they came out with Come Out and Play, and it really hurt them. And, you know, we, we even talked about this with uh, uh, Eddie and, and Mark on, on our episode, Ernie, right, with the Twisted episode where – you know, D going to Congress and, and fighting for censorship and all that stuff really hurt Twisted at that time and come out and play flopped because they came out with leader of leader of the pack first and all that stuff. So tw after that, Twisted Sister was dead in the water. Then they come out with this record where I, I, I'm a firm believer if they come out with this record and it, instead of come out and play, they were still going to be on top of the world. This record is pure pop great hooks it's different than twisted sister was twisted sister early on was a real metal band heavy band then they became like this fun almost cartoony type band you know with the we're not going to take it and, and i want to rock but then this album came out song after song hit after hit love this record love is for suckers this what's what's on that album, album. Just, uh, this is the worst twisted sister album oh you I know, but what, Again, you're not, gonna, you're not going to know songs? any of it. You're not going to know it. It's Wake Up with the Sleeping Giant, Hot Love, Tonight, Me and the Boys. It, there's no hits. There's nothing anyone knows. It's just a record that went under the radar. You bought this album. I bought it. Not only did I bought it, I loved you it. You bought this album? Of course I bought it. I mean, bought it in Columbia. No, Columbia House. Bought, oh, bought it, you know, 12, 12 CDs for a, for a penny. What? He bought it because he got one bad habit. One, one word, sucker. <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker for I'm a, a twisted sister sucker. Oh. You're a sucker. Ernie, hold on, hold on, Ernie, say that for me right now. Oh, he bought it because he's got one bad habit. No, say twisted sister sucker. It's very hard. Twisted sister sucker. Oh wow, you see, he said it better than I did. Maybe Ernie has no lisp. He's just playing it up to be cute. Yes, sell shirts. <laughs> yes, schnapps. <laughs> schnapps. All right. I mean, if I have to listen to this album, I guess 
I do like the chorus to me and the boys. So oh, it's uh, so good. Every song, there's not there's not a lot of albums out there that for me that have zero filler. This has zero filler to me. Love it. It's the worst I, of all twists. I had you pay for another another album. So that means you left that one for Ernie. Well, so the one I left for Ernie, if Ernie doesn't say the one the, I left for Ernie's definitely come up coming hits. up at number one. But one. for anyone who doesn't know, oh, okay, that's what I thought. Coming up March seventh at the Cutting Room in New York City, ZO Two is uh, reuniting for one night, and we're having Mark Mendoza from Twisted Sister play all our ZO Two songs with us that night, filling in for David Z, who passed away. Mark volunteered, was a big fan of the band, loves us. So Mark is sitting in with us. It's gonna be awesome. Come down, cutting room, March 7th, New York City. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. Joe, if I go, uh, Mark won't be near me, will he? Oh, he's going to hurt you, Ernie. Oh. I'm going to love it. You and Robert, he's going to take both double headlock. The Lamonti <laughs> brothers. I'm, I'm scared of him. He's a big guy? Oh, yes. Mark, he's an, he's an he animal. a big guy? Yeah, he's a monster, yeah. He looks like a wrestler, one of the WWF. Yeah. He's a monster. <laughs> he made me cry. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Doctor. We're up to our number ones. We know yours already because I stole it, but let me let me recap what you got. Number f- this list is disgusting, by the way. Number five, Guns and Ro- you have three of my f- worst bands ever. Number five, Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Number four, Hysteria. Phenomenal. I love it. Number three, Ozzy Tribute Album. Number two, Joshua Tree U2. I mean, you got three of my all, five all-time worst bands. <laughs> and your number one favorite record from 1987 is? You said it already, White That's Snake. Right. White there Snake. it is. Here, here, I got a uh, go very bad memory. So I, the only thing I could think of, we, we, spoke, we spoke about this, about the, uh, the song already. But um, I remember you guys were going to Monster Rock and White White Snake was headlining? That's how popular they were? Do you remember that? I remember going you, to the Dragos. White Snake with the Dragos and Philly. I don't think it was a Monsters of Rock, though. I think it was just right. like a one on White Snake show. Yeah, it was because my ex-girlfriend was, my ex-girlfriend was there. Monsters of Rock was not with you guys. I was asked Snake. to go. I went to, I went to Monsters of Rock, too. It wasn't White Snake didn't play on it. So then they must have had two other bands playing with them or something on the ticket. Some major bands. You you, you knew but you were I didn't end up going. I thought it was wait, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't go because I was supposed to go with my girl somewhere and she ended up going and I didn't take the tickets and I ended up staying home alone. You um but was there another you knew your not triple dynamite. You said you knew your ex. Well, she went to that concert. Thing? She didn't say anything about yeah. what happened there, did she? Uh oh. Wait, which ex girlfriend are we talking about here? Not the ex girlfriend. Her name is on your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we make those shirts? <laughs> you almost did. Look, look at the shirt. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know what you're what you're saying, Ernie. I don't know what you're saying, guys. Not cool. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) Not cool. (laughs) I was very much inspired. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I think you guys get a kick out of that because there's nothing else to say about that. But they did go. You guys went to go see, um, you know, maybe it wasn't Monsters of Rock. I forget. It wasn't Monsters of Rock. You're right. Um, Steve I was playing guitar for them at that time. Right. We went to go see Triple Dynamite, which was Guns N' Roses, Deep Purple, and Aerosmith. Yep. In the Midlands. That's when they did the video for uh, uh, Paradise City they were filming. Yep. And we, we missed it. We were caught in traffic. Joe, we got there um, so late. When we walked on, we heard Axel say, thank you, good night. No. <laughs> yeah. That's like when we yeah. went to see Enough's Enough in Manhattan. <laughs> stop it. Stop. Remember? stop. We you went to see Enough's Enough. Where, where did we go? Was it Webster Hall? No. It was uh, the old... Um, Palladium? With the blonde, no, where Blondie and them used to play. What was the name um, of the place? CBGB's? Punk rock. Oh. Maybe, yeah, CBGB's. It was CBGB's? Yeah, it was the old CBGB. No, it was some place yeah, that had like an CBGB. attic. Like we, we went, oh, because they were like, oh, no, Enough's Enough is, is playing in the upstairs room. Webster Hall? I don't know. I forget. Maybe. I feel like it was Webster Hall, but it no. doesn't matter. We go to see Enough's Enough, all of our, basically our favorite band at the time, we were fanatics. We go see Enough's Enough in the city. We walk in, they say, oh, is Enough's Enough on yet? Oh, no, they're, they're not on yet. They're not going to be on for a while. So Tommy, of course, instead of going into the bar, because we're all, you know, young at this time, we have no money, really. We have no income. Instead of spending money at the bar, he says, well, oh, let's, you know, we'll go outside. We'll grab a couple of six packs, whatever. We'll get a couple of drinks. We'll drink outside. That way we don't have to waste all our money in the place. So we go out. By the time we drink whatever the hell we were drinking out, out in, the, in the parking lot, we go back in to see Enough's Enough. We get up, finally go all the way upstairs to go see them. I, what was it? I, all right, we got one more for you tonight. <laughs> we're so <laughs> mad. Ray Young was pissed. He was so, and then we're even to top it off. We said, okay, we need something to commemorate at least going to see them. And you know, you enough's enough didn't have a lot of popular videos then. They had a VHS cassette. Remember this for sale, and we bought me Ray and I think Billy bought one. And it was all their videos and it was terrible. And we were all so mad. Not only that we missed the show, but that we bought this stupid cassette. It was awful. I think it was in like Alphabet City. <clears throat> That's what I think. It was, too. Also, I it was on the east side. Yeah, it was I don't even know the name of the place, but it was. It was on the east side somewhere. I thought it was the old I thought it was the old CB I thought it was the old CBGB's under it a new name. It definitely was not CBGB's. What's the old church? No, the uh, limelight. Uh, limelight. It wasn't limelight. Wasn't limelight. I don't remember the name. Maybe Ray would know. Ray would know. But I don't want to. Re- I don't want to recash old memories. He might get mad again. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, we do. Of course, you have to bring it up. That's all we no do on these no things. <laughs> That's the no exact honey. reason we're no here. Honey. I turn the page and I. I I forge forward, Ernie. I turn the page. You keep turning the page backwards. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up old stuff, Ernie Wise. Oh, you want to talk about uh, uh, um, bringing up old stuff? You watch the Paradise video? No, the Paradise City video? There's a part of the video right. where they show the crowd and they, they show four empty seats. <laughs> <laughs> it was Chris Canavan driving, remember? <laughs> Hold on. Keep talking. Oh, it's Chris Canavan. We told him, you, you brought him here, you get rid of him. That's what I was told. 
Do you remember that you thought the you the, bought up to the block? You do you remember that you thought the receipt that said how many you bought was one of the tickets? And you all right. Yeah. And so we 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 called Joe Bacardi at the Before last had second. Had another ticket. Remember calling Joe Bacardi, saying we had another ticket. That's right. We came and then we realized we didn't. <laughs> right. Well, I, we never bought tickets back then. Yeah, we never. Who had money? They like, ma- these like were major finan- have, financial printed, decisions. Yeah, they should have printed the thing on, yeah. on on one ticket. When you have four friends that are like 20 years old, eight, 19 years old, mm-hmm. whoever's going to be the first one who's going to lay out the money to get the four tickets, that was a bigger, that was a big decision to make. Absolutely. Who's going to buy the four tickets? Absolutely. You know? Usually our parents would step in and do that. You're talking 19... 19- and we'd have to give them the money, you know? You're talking 1988, too. I mean, we, we, we were kids. Yeah. We were just kids. Yeah. All right, Ernie. We're up to your number one. I, I, I have to know what it is. And if you don't pick it, I'm going to be mad. Let me no, recap. Yeah. Number five, In Excess. What's the name of the album? Kick? Yeah. Okay. Number four, the ever-popular, diamond-selling, boogie-down productions. What, what else, Ernie? What is it called? The name of the album, Criminal Minded. Well, I mean, of course. What was the rapper's name again? What was the rapper's KRS, name? KRS One. UHF. <laughs> U- UHF. What? Oh, you make fun of KRS One. You guys are. You guys are so ignorant. <laughs> Number three, hy- Hysteria, Def Leppard. Number two, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. And the number one album of 1987 is. For me, sign of the times. Yes, by Prince. All right, I knew it. I knew one of you two would have it. It's the only Prince album for me that com- that actually competes with Purple Rain. If I'm if I'm talking to Prince fans, and they say any other Prince album is better than Purple Rain, I will argue with them, except for Sign of the Times, and I'll say you know something, you have you have a good you have a good argument. It's that's how good oh. Sign of the Times is. I've been yep. meaning to watch this. I've been meaning to listen to this. What are some of the songs on this band? Uh, Sign of the Times. Uh, you got the look. But there's it, it has two of it has my two possibly my two favorite Prince songs. That's oh, why the, I almost picked it. The Cross. Yep. And what's the other one, Ern? Uh, oh, uh, I could never take the place of your man. Of course, which is my number one favorite Prince song. Um, think of it like this. If Purple Rain, I'll put it in Beatles language. If Purple Rain is Sgt. Pepper, this is the White Album, basically. It's it's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. No, that's up to that's up to opinion. I would say Rubber Soul, but go ahead. Yeah, I agree. Rubber Soul is the best Beatle record, but well, yeah. I I do think you're right. This album is fantastic, but the difference between this and Purple Rain for me, and the reason why Purple Rain is better, this has more filler than Purple Rain. The great songs on this record rival the great songs on Purple Rain, but it has some songs that aren't great. Purple Rain is just about all great. Is Sign of the Times a double album where they just had more albums like the White Album? Yeah. It was two records when it came out. Oh, so it is like, I I know what you mean. It's like the White Album then. Yeah. Because there was a lot of filler songs on the White Album. I know that's, what you're saying. Yep, okay. that's exactly what he means. That makes yep. sense now. Of yep. course, Prince okay, wanted gotcha. three records, by the way. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. yeah. It's a maniac. Man, how do you... I, 
you know, you look at Purple Rain. I don't. He got pissed off at the record company, and he was he was told to steer. You know how I don't know what he was told, what he was pissed off about. But after Purple Rain becomes so famous, and then he turns on the record company and says, "You know what? I, I don't know how you argue. Like you guys made me do what made me write one of the greatest albums of all time, and now I'm mad at you, so I'm changing my name. I don't. Yeah. I never understood. I mean, I, well, I mean, listen. I don't know. The, for you. I, I don't, don't know, know the deal that he signed." Obviously, if he signed a bad deal and he's he sold, you know, if he sold 30 million records for Purple Rain and didn't make a lot of money, yeah, I agree with him. But I don't think know, that. No, I don't think that's the case to, either. Yeah, I think it artists, had something to do with yeah, it had something to do with the production of Purple Rain. Artists you just after a while, or something there was some weird shit going on. After a while, these guys just lose their minds. You know what I mean? They just they they they're not live. They don't live in the same reality we live in. That's did, what uh, happens. The Prince ever happy. play? He was unhappy about the speed, the amount of time before the next album's released. He right. wants a new album, his new album released the very next week. Right. He's he has songs in his brain just right. overflowing and he wants music, 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 music. And the record label, and I gotta tell you, record label's right, because as much as I love Prince, when he started releasing stuff independently, I couldn't keep up. That crystal ball record, it was like five CDs, whatever the hell it was. I couldn't keep up. There was so much filler on it. And it was just overload. I couldn't. I couldn't digest it all. And that's really. An, that's no, an age. I, go ahead, Aaron. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say something funny about Crystal Ball to show how insane Prince is. There was another album hidden in the back of the Crystal Ball box. <laughs> I remember a whole right. new album that nobody knew about was hidden there. And Crystal Ball was already three or four CDs, right? Yeah, the album "The Truth" was in. Was like you had to open a thing at how the many songs? back of it. How many Chris songs would you say? Crystal Ball was like over 40 songs at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Truth was the acoustic record, Ern? Yeah. It was It was his yeah. Unplugged, but he decides to write all new songs for it. <laughs> well, he was unhappy at the time. Huh? I would have dropped off my mother-in-law. That would have cheered him up. <laughs> yep. But that really is an age-old question. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. I, I've had this argument with my band and bands I've been in too. What would you rather, as a fan, would you rather... A, a 10 song album where every, well, you can't say what's good or bad. Cause it's really about, it's about who likes what, would you rather a 10 song record from your favorite band? Or would you rather a 15 song record from your favorite band? Maybe the general public says 15 songs. Ah, there's five filler on there, but maybe as a die hard, you love those five. Those are, uh, they, those used to be called B sides. Right. You know? So, uh, I always loved them. What you know, you, what about you, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, if we, once you get really, really deep into a group, like you would kiss, even the filler stuff, you start to love though. Agreed. Yeah. And, and that's really my take too. Listen, I get it. I get the short and sweet, always leave them wanting more, have everything be killer. But sometimes you don't know what, as the artist, you don't know what the killer song is. Sometimes you got to let your fan base decide what the killer one is. Maybe you think ten, these 10 songs you're releasing are perfect, but maybe the general public thinks there's three fillers on there, where if you would have released the other five, those were the five ones that people gravitate towards. I always, I'm always a firm believer of releasing more music than less. Thus, thus like a great producer who will get involved in the songwriting or the arrangements of a song. If he sees something, they have a pretty good idea of what's, uh, what's 
going on at that time in music, you know? You never know. Yeah, but, but, e- good, but, you know, but even that, how many times have we heard stories of, <clears throat> um, oh, they, the, I had to fight with my record label. I had to fight with my producer to get this song on the record. Like Billy Squire, I know the old story, the song The Stroke. The record company wanted nothing to do with it. The producer hated it was the biggest single off that record. So many of these records, a Richard Marks song, Right Here Waiting, easily his biggest record of all time. The record company and, and his producer wanted nothing to do with it. They said it was a throwaway. Well, you, but wouldn't you say producers are 80% correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I would say they, they most of the time they, they know mean, what they're you know, talking the, about. The good producers out there, they know what they're, they know what they're doing, you know, as far well, as what the- All I'm saying is- Anyone could be wrong. Nobody's in tune with the, what the public wants all the time. Otherwise, everything they do would be a hit, right? Exactly. So you never Very know well what's going to be the most popular song. All right, Ern, yeah, great choice. That was the one that I would left off. I knew you were going to take it. It would have made my list probably only because of the great songs on it. But overall, when I look back at it, there's a little bit too much filler to have would have made my list. You got too much filler. But your ass has too much filler. <laughs> Your ass, you got your ass, George. I, I, I wish you wouldn't have had to put those words. I, ready? <laughs> ready? I got you, Lou. You got your ass, George. <laughs> All right, so I, I did a little trickery for my number one. So my number one, there's a Kiss album this year, but... My rule all across these podcasts, unless it's a specific Kiss episode, I'm not putting Kiss stuff in because just so everyone knows, Kiss will always be my number one on these lists. The Kiss Crazy Nights album, I would put above all these records for me. That would be my number one. I don't use it's such a good album. (laughs) It's fantastic. But I don't do it because it's too easy that way. Kiss is always my number one, and I go down from there. What you're saying right now is throwing me under the bus. You're indirectly saying I don't do it, but Snyder will bring up Ozzy every two seconds. Well, listen, I don't do. I don't need. I don't need to show my. I, everyone knows that I love Kiss above everything else. I see what you're doing. You I obviously, you, doing. you obviously don't love Ozzy better than you two, because you two is higher picked. How do you pick Joshua Tree over the tribute album? If it was any Ozzy album, it would have been number one, but not remade songs live. Still would be number one for me. I anyway. also. I also see what you're doing, but it doesn't bother me. Well, you do it every week. That's why. (laughs) But this week, so what I'm getting at, this week I threw a little wrench, a little curveball, a little little boomerang action going on here. So I did not choose a Kiss record for my number one record. And I know this is going to sound like sacrilege. This really is my favorite record from this year. The debut Fraley's Comet album. Ace Freely's solo band, their first record. I'm a big Kiss fan, obviously, at this time. Ace had left the band, you know, when I was, you know, seven years old. So I don't know Ace as a current member almost ever. I saw them live when I was little, but I don't know them currently. Been waiting for years for Ace's solo material. I used to get bootlegs out in, you know, Manhattan on 8th Street and, and hear demos of Ace's. Always wanted to hear Ace Freely's solo album. He finally comes out with this solo record. Still, to me, one of my one of my top twenty records of all time. Absolutely love it. Fraley's Comet. What do you guys think of this record? <laughs> so, right so by nineteen eighty seven, 
you real you found out that that wasn't Ace that was still in Kiss at that time. Because <laughs> how would you know with the makeup? He's a little slow. He's a little slower. He? Tell me, Aaron, what do you think of this record? Uh, well, I was, I was asking you. Did you hear my question? No. My 1987. Did you finally realize that that wasn't Ace that was still in Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? So you know, Kiss is obviously. As much as I love them, they're the biggest liars on the planet. They, you know, when, when Ace left the band, for years they they would, you know, for the first few years, they they were like, no, Ace didn't leave the band. He had a car accident, he can't tour. This guy Vinny's just filling in for Ace. It, everything Kiss says He's is dead. lies. I know that. So again, it's not about liking all the characters and the people. It's about liking what they do artistically. But yes, I knew Ace wasn't in the band anymore. <laughs> you guys know this album at all? Was this with Rock Soldiers? Yes. Is this the one with the uh, New York song? What was he sing? No, New York Groove is Ace's solo album when he was in Kiss. Uh, yeah, no, I have no use for this album because I don't know it. <laughs> I remember. It's a great song. It's a great song. And I just don't know it. Much like U68, W. You guys, you know, remember WSOU, right? That was the big station in our area, right? 89.5? The Jersey. Yeah, it was a hall. Jersey college. Yep. Uh, Seton yeah. Hall University. I knew one of the DJs, uh, Tony it's Bones. Around, oh, yeah, I know. They, and they still play metal and stuff. But I remember, obviously, no freaking regular station is playing the new Ace Freely record. But WSOU, it wasn't out yet. And they were going to play the first single. And they played Rock Soldiers. And I remember, like, an, SOU would always go on late at night. I, I was almost sleeping. I'm holding my two fingers on my stupid record button on my cassette player like this. <laughs> and they're like, and this is the new Ace Freely record. I'm like, <laughs> hit record. The next morning, I woke up. The tape ended, but I I got the I got the song. That's cool. The, the Rock Soldiers. Really cool. Rock Soldiers. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of empathy and compassion for for him. Um, he's actually a really good guitarist. I, I was listening to old Kiss when he plays and stuff. He's got some really cool riffs. He's like, and actual riffs. I mean. Decent rips that I really like. I I, I enjoy old Kiss. Yeah, um, he's old school. He's it's, it's Jimmy hard. Page. He's that type of guitar player. No, I don't don't push it, but what? yeah, he was <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Page. Well, he's the style. That style. He's the blues type guitar player. He's not a you know flashy yeah. guitar player. Yeah, but I I feel you know for what happened with band stuff like that. And obviously, Gene is you know more about this shit than I do. But he's trying to run a straight show, and if he's going out there getting zonked every night, I mean, I like watching bloopers of kiss because i get a kick out of it when paul stanley's wig flies off or peter chris forgets the, the lyrics to uh one of the, the songs that he sings uh beth you know or he, he or, or he forgets what crowd or what city he's in and they all stop booing him and paul goes it was a joke it was a joke he knows where he was that's a pretty that's not a bad like, no. that's not a bad impersonation but, uh, but a, a funny thing about Ace, you know, the rumors always through the years, oh, they keep getting rid of Ace because he's a drunk and he's a druggie, blah, blah, blah. Kiss has has never fired Ace Freely. Every time Ace has left the band, he's never been fired from Kiss. He left all the times. He could not deal with Gene and Paul anymore. They, again, back to Kiss really? being liar. Yeah, Kiss is, Gene and Paul spin history, you know, the, to the victor goes the spoils, right? So they yeah, can rewrite right. history. So they would always rewrite it. When he would leave, they would spin it in the media because they're still in KISS. They get the media coverage. 
oh, we couldn't deal with him anymore. You know, he was on drugs and we had, you know, we're a clean band and blah, blah, blah. Never the case. Ace left both times after the first time and after the reunion, Ace left. And they begged him both times to stay, too. But he did have significant drug. Oh, Chris, he, yeah, he was a mess up Chris? all over the place. Peter Chris, they fired. Same thing with Peter Chris? No, they they let Peter go both times. Okay. How do you rate him as a drummer, George? Back in the 70s when Kiss first started, he was unstoppable. No, no, no. Come on. As a drummer, period. Yeah. As a drummer in the 70s, early Kiss stuff, unstoppable. He was... You know, a combination of of Mitch Mitchell from Jimi Hendrix and Keith Moon. He was awesome, and he lost it no, over the Chris years. Is Peter Chris. No, I'm saying Peter Chris. Peter Chris. Yes. Ted Hendrix. Yes, Peter. I said Mitch Did Mitchell just... from Jimi Hendrix. The dr- Jimi oh, Hendrix. Oh, okay. Then my okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. No, gotcha, Peter gotcha. Chris was an innovative drummer back in the '70s. Innovative swing, uh, groove, shuffles. Just a great rock and roll drummer with amazing chops. Over the years, he lost it. He didn't play drugs and alcohol and all the stuff. He, he lost over the years. But he, when he first came out from 74 to 78, unstoppable. Great drummer. No, he's got so many cool drum licks. But uh, did you ever get to meet him? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, I hung out with Peter on many occasions. Sweet, super sweet guy. How were you? How were you the first time? How were you the first time? Very nervous or? Uh, it's weird. The fir- very first time. This is a funny story. The very first time I met him, I played sometimes with this '80s tribute band called Rubik's Cube, and Peter was coming down to the show to hang out. He knew someone, you know, that was there, and we heard that Peter was coming to the show. You know, and I'm like a giddy schoolgirl. I Peter was my idol growing up, so. I'm losing my mind and I'm doing everything I can to meet, you know, it was set up that we were going to meet Peter before we went on. Peter's running late. Peter's running late. Peter's running late. And, you know, to go on stage with this eighties band, we would get into ridiculous eighties costumes, giant wigs and spandex and look like, you know, we would dress like Motley Crue or Twisted Sister. We would look ridiculous. So Finally, it was it was like two minutes before showtime, and we couldn't wait any. I couldn't wait any longer. I didn't want to meet. I wanted to meet Peter as me. I said, "Okay, obviously he's not coming. Get all ready, boom, boom, boom." I get my my wig on, the bandana, all this stuff. Peter's coming backstage. Where he wants to meet you guys. He's he's here right now. Peter walks in. I have to meet Peter Chris dressed as fucking this this mama luke with his, his wig on and stuff i i felt like such an idiot so i you know i said hello I was stuttering a little bit and then later on i actually told him this story i met him you know many times years later we hung out had had dinner with him one time with him and his wife and super sweet guy great guy are you sure that was peter awesome. maybe it was a mirror <laughs> what excuse me maybe it was a mirror <laughs> no Peter. i mean peter was I, I, uh, Peter wrote the forward to my book. He, um, super nice guy. Great guy. Super supportive. You know, I was in a band with, I'm Italian drummer in the band with two Jewish guys. He was in the Italian drummer in the band with two Jewish guys. We had a lot, a lot to talk about. It sounds like you're about to tell I, a I joke. Don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two Jewish, two, two, two Jewish guitars walking in a, in a bar to an Italian restaurant. Italian drummer um, and two Jews walk into a bar. Well, I guess, Joey, I'm glad because you said Guinea schoolgirl. I thought you said Guinea schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually just as funny. But, uh, 
<laughs> Wait, pause one second. I gotta grab my yeah, dog. He's outside cool. the ring. That was great. <laughs> so you're staying oh, in your night, huh? I've been here since Monday, Ernie. I've been here since Monday. We had problems in the plant last night. I was uh, ready to go to uh, the Holland Tunnel. And, uh, they closed the Holland Tunnel. I shot up to the Lincoln Tunnel, and then the plant went down, and they asked me to come back from uptown to here. So I just stayed here last night. And Pennsylvania's getting ice rain tonight. Yeah, it's bad. So I wasn't going to go home and, and get up at <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning and drive into Manhattan. So screw that. So. Everything's but, okay uh, right now with the with yeah. coronavirus? Yeah, everything's good. good. Um, I think... Uh, you know, I respect Paul Stanley, though. It seems like he's been the peacekeeper in between. It's Gene, those two, and Paul's in the middle. Because you see the interviews, yeah. like Paul will smirk at, at Ace Feely's comments and jokes in an interview. And, you know, he's like, he's in the, he's caught in between. And I feel bad for him because he seems like a nice guy, Paul. Listen, they, they all have their hangups, each one of them. I know, you know. Yeah. I, Everyone does. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, Paul Stanley is, he's a weird guy. Sweet guy too, but weird. One of those guys that, right. you know, rock star, but he's uncomfortable in his own skin. You know what I mean? One of those guys. Right. Like, so self-conscious of everything he does. And just, again, Gene on the, on the outside, think, everyone thinks he's an asshole. But Gene, out of all the guys, Gene and Peter are the two sweet, sweetest guys. Cool. Awesome. All right, let's do some honorable mentions. It's a great episode. Obviously, between all these albums, what a fantastic records, 1987. Incredible. What do you got for honorable mentions, Doctor? Um, I was appalled at how much they grew up. Um, I, I really, I put on uh, Anthrax, Amongst the Living. I really despise it. Um, wow, That's really? when I started going to the rap. Well, I'm a big spreader of disease guy. I yeah. am a heavy metal guy. I like melody. I like good singing. Um, the singer got away from that. They started rapping a lot. Um, it, there was an era there where everyone was wearing uh, like skateboard shit. Yeah. You know, like a skateboarder. They kind of started that too, right? Well, in heavy metal, they, they did. They went that yeah. way. And, uh, you know, the answer reply like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> he'd sing and they would yell in the microphone, you know, but he would be choppy when he sang on this album. It was a different style than I was used to from spreading the disease album, which I freaking loved. And I'll put that still up there, you know, as one of the top, you know, albums, heavy metal albums, because I, I love that album. But um, somehow someone made a choice that they were going to go more rap. I don't know what I don't know what it's called. West Coast uh, skateboarder. No, but, I, I, but I feel like Among the Living wasn't that. Wasn't that more like when they did the Not Stuff, Ernie, and I'm the Man, right? Among uh, the Living was a little bit before that. I feel right. Yeah, but uh, Courtney Yeah, I'm, I'm the Man was not on this album. It no, was it was an EP after this album, right? Uh, no, it I think was. I'm the Man yeah. was the year before this. Actually, I think I feel well, like, like it was 86. after. Let me, let me check. I felt I felt like it was after too because. Oh, no, I'm thinking Skeletons in the Closet. That no, came I, out after. Yeah, Among season. the Living had Caught in the Mosh. Indians was great. Yeah, this is a great record. Indians is a great song. Indians is the only song on that album. I ran through it today. To me, resembles old Anthrax with actually a good melody, uh, you know, and good singing. 
he got caught up too much in choppy vocals. I don't you know. I, I didn't like it. I just want to clarify something. Honorable mention, it's supposed to be albums that we like. Good point, Ernie. <laughs> yeah, well, Ernie, you know what my honorable mention was? In excess. Kick. Oh, good. So, <laughs> so we have good taste, right? We see have the same. So, uh, yeah, kick. But we already, we already went into that. So, But I had to put down, because I, I did list it as my honorable mention. And I said, it has to be. I used to love Anthrax. And then I, I put it on the computer, and I just gave it a quick run-through on the album. And my engineer's looking at me. He's going, you don't look too thrilled. I'm going, I'm not. I don't even know what I saw in this album. And so I got to like maybe two songs in a whole album. It's weird. They had I changed so it's much. It's weird. Like IMDb says it's on, it says it's from Among the Living, but I know it's not. What, I Am the Man? Oh, I'm looking up the wrong song. I, Jesus I Am the Law. No, I'm oh. looking up Caught in the Mosh. Jesus. Oh. Caught in the Mosh, NFL is on that. Um, Indians, of course. Um, oh, what's the other one? Mithle, Mithle, Skillskin, whatever yeah. the hell that was. And NFL, yeah. Same year. Right. Oh, same year was 87? Yeah, the end of 87, 8 in December of 87. So technically after Among the Living. Yeah, they started that that whole thing. I, I, I couldn't get into it. It seemed, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. I don't know. Yeah, about you gr guys. growing this, up at that time period. Like the original at the time, I remember liking Among the Living the best, but looking back, spreading the disease is the best. Yeah, skeletons in the, is the, the second album, Skeletons in the Closet. Is it? I don't even know. Well, it's full of metal, right, Ern? And then I thought then Spreading the Disease, no? I think Spreading is the second album. That's what I thought. This full, full of is. metal is I, like, I, yeah, but, I, mean, I don't think anybody listens to that. It's like an EP, yeah, right? Kind of. Well, what's the first record? Fistful Metal, no? There is a first record. I think it has a different singer. I think so, Ernie, you're correct. Because I have, they have a, a remake of an Alice Cooper, I'm 18 on that album, in the first one. It's not a good album. I wouldn't worry about it. No, Fistful of Metal is the first record, 84. Spreading the Disease, 85. Among the Living, 87. Is um, uh, Joey Belladonna the singer for the Fistful of Metal? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know that record that much, but let's. I can. Oh, we well, you, what, what do you use? What? I was about to say, why don't you use that method? What you just used to look it up the answers. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Joey Belladonna. No, I think that they have him. Singer. Yeah, it's not him. Uh, Spreading the disease was amazing. Agreed. Yeah, good stuff. Amazing album. All right, Aaron, what do you got? Everything on it. Honorable mention. All right. Uh, once again, I don't think this is in you guys' wheelhouse. Uh, I really like Music for the Masses from Depeche Mode. This album and Violator, these two Depeche Mode albums are, if you ever want to start getting Depeche Mode, I would begin with these two. Yeah, I... I... I just, I, I, I just don't know it. I don't know enough about them to to comment. I wish I could make fun of you, Ernie, but I don't even know enough about saw, them. I saw, I saw the Peshmo, but I forgot. Ernie, I like the Peshmo, but who doesn't? Some of the songs, Tainted Love and stuff. But what is uh, what's on that album? Is it um, Tainted Love? Or? Uh, well, uh, no, Tainted Love is not the Peshmo, right, Ernie? 
No, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. What you're thinking it, of, um, Personal Jesus, I think, is the song you're thinking of. Personal Jesus was Depeche Mode. But that's the, the Violator album, which is next. Which is sings, also a great who album. Sings who sings uh, the other one? Uh, Tainted Love. Soft Cell? Soft Cell, yeah. They're like a one-hit one. What a great song. <laughs> Did we ever do that top five one-hit wonders? I don't think so. Well, we got next week's topic, boys. Oh, that's too much homework. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I got to go through my favorite songs, and not and which which will work. You go through your favorite songs and you, that you don't know who the band is. Yeah, perfect. Like like Ernie has that guy that's that's, that's three different bands, right? He keeps renaming himself himself. <laughs> oh yeah, I could use my list from the other thing for one. one. <laughs> what was that guy's <laughs> name again, Ernie? Tony Burroughs. <laughs> what else, what? Ernie? Get get rid of your Depeche Mode crap. What else? Well, the other one you mentioned was was the Michael Jackson album. Yeah, yeah I happen to love Man in the Mirror too. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, come on, stop it. Oh, Man in the Mirror great. is a great song. Yeah. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson stuff. I love it. Yeah, my, my stuff was named already respect too. Respect him, love him. I I don't respect him, and I don't love him. I love his stuff. <laughs> uh, kind of like a new Rothman, Delvin Rothman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my honorable mentions are named too. Sign of the Times and Hysteria. Those are my two big honorable mentions. I didn't have any other major ones that I left off. You know, it's, it's funny. As great as the year was for albums, was the, I think the, maybe the first Whitney album was this year too, Ernie, which is obviously a pretty big album, right? Was that the yep. first? Yep. Which that's a good album too. Not one of my favorites of all time, but there was a Debbie, there was a Debbie, Debbie Gibson, Gibson album, album too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take the Debbie Gibson over to Whitney Houston, actually. <laughs> but is this is Debbie's not Debbie's first record, is it? Eighty-seven? Maybe. No. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't she remember. looked older on the, on the album. Yeah, I don't remember. Tommy, you you remember the yeah, girl? In our, you remember the girl in our neighborhood? We, we always called Debbie Gibson. Who was that, Ernie? I don't. Remember. Uh, her, just, her, her name was Carrie Collins. Carrie Collins, if you're watching this or you know someone that's watching this, Carrie Collins from Marine Park, email us at top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. Ernie and Tommy want to talk to you. She's my first kiss. Ernie, what was that? What the hell? I mean, yeah. why is this? It wow. was the, it, that's you amazing. Know what, what, what day that was? When I kissed her was um, Eddie Romeo's father remarried. It was that day. Remember the whole neighbor, the whole block, all the parents were gone because they went to the wedding, and there was drinking in every house on that block. <laughs> <laughs> where did this nice. poor Where did this poor girl live? I don't know. She but she but she was I would, um, I would stop was, this competition. She right was on hours. she was on the block that that day. She was on the block. It was a. But she was, was from the neighborhood. You guys knew her. You you didn't meet her that day. You knew her. Oh, I met her that day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ernie, I, would, I would stop this conversation right now, or you're going to wake up in the morning and your head's going to look like that dead star behind you. And <laughs> Colony takes a back to it. <laughs> afterwards, Tommy, you remember afterwards you started dating Sean Toner? Then I think she started dating Tommy Leahy for a little bit. Oh, nice girl. And then I think she. Um, yeah, but you ruined but you ruined, you ruined her for them. <laughs> then I, I also think she. Might Ernie, have... I remember. I can't. Yeah. I couldn't Water. put a face. I think she, did I have a Billy Demish? 
On, wait, on is New, this on New Year's Eve? Wait, what's who's the girl that was that Billy? What was it? The story you were waiting for and Billy walked her home or something? What's that? That's not her. Yeah, it's the same girl. This is her. This is the famous yeah, yeah. story. Tell yeah. that story right now. <laughs> New Year's Eve, I was in Gallagher's, and she was there, and I've been love with her, love with her since that first kiss and everything. So I'm spending you the night. Man. I'm spending the night. We're drinking together. We're walking all the way home. We're holding hands walking home. And then we get almost all the way home to floods. Hold on, Ernie. Hold on, Ernie. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get comfortable, Yoma. So tell me what happened next. <laughs> well, keep in mind, Blackfish Avenue. Blackfish <laughs> Avenue is a fight. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Walking all the way down Quinton Road from Flatbush Avenue, blocks and blocks and blocks. Holding hands. Holding hands, the whole thing. We Aww. get the floods. Which is 37. Yeah. Billy Zemish comes out of floods. Billy Zemish comes out of floods, sees her, takes her away. Son of a bitch. Billy stole her. The real monster Didn't has been revealed. Say the olive oil boys, the guinea, what's, what's, what's the, and they have his, 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 his sauerkraut voice. What we used to say, what do we say, Ernie? Billy, a sauerkraut voice and his uh, uh, beer charm. <laughs> like his Guinness charm. <laughs> I've had women all over the world, but none like this. I never forgave Billy for that. He's still. Oh. oh, I tell I know that. How do you think I know the story? I don't even know you back then. This story went through, what, through the Hamptons. He knew her. He was dating her. No, he but he, but he saw her and they just he, just, he, he, he started walking with us and he stole her away. From he me. swept her out Wait of the swept, He walked out of the bar as they're passing and he literally started walking with them. Stop and next it. thing he knows, she's not holding Ernie's hand. She's got his hand, her hand on Billy's ass. This is Billy. This is a true story. Billy Rico Strabe. Oh, are you kidding me? He I made a move like that. I just came down the bar and goes, "Hey, yo, like Fonzie, come over here," and just started walking well, with her. You know, I should have punched Billy in the face. He said to the back of his head. Something Ernie. tells me you did punch Billy too, Ernie. <laughs> I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> Billy still needs a beating. Again, I know this story. Every person, every new person that came into the Hampton house, this was the first story we told. <laughs> if, it, if it was me, Ernie, I would have collected every address in the neighborhood and delivered to Billy's house. Pissed off. <laughs> All right, boys, this is a good one. Recapping our favorite records from 1987. Great stuff. Some great, great records. Uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do next week. This is fun. We're back, full steam ahead. No more uh, Devito Ernie episodes for a while, unless we, you know, unless we're we're in desperate need. But maybe we'll have Devito on again, you know, eventually anyway. But I think the viewers need a little bit of a break. (laughs) 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 Um, They had two and a half hours of Devito and Ernie. You know, Devito, poor Ernie said three words. Ernie, do you know what a G string is actually made out of? The material on a G string that's in the chord, (laughs) the Black Sabbath song. I can imagine. Go back to our Ernie. Our Ernie contest is is happening right now. These great, fantastic Ernie T-shirts are available on Amazon right now. Just type in type in top top five with Joey Casada Ernie shirt, or just type in Ernie, Ernie shirt. Wise. Come up. Ernie Wise soon to follow. We're working on the new one, but again, if you if you take a picture of yourself wearing this Ernie shirt, we'll have you on for a quick hello. If you, the first person to send me a picture with you wearing Ernie shirt, holding the Ernie shirt, 
double purchase is going to be a guest on one of our episodes. Any Ernie. last word, boys? Ernie, you're I... already on the shelf. You can't send in a picture. Just so you know. <laughs> yes, Ernie, you're already on. <laughs> also, wearing the Ernie shirt, holding the Ernie Ernie shirt, and the Ernie shirt hanging behind them. Oh. We're now on the show. They could come to my house. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh no, forget it. <laughs> and He's of course, my house. <laughs> regular top five t-shirts are available too on Amazon.com. Top five logos. We're working on the the, the doctor slash monster design right now. I'm trying to get it approved by the doctor. He's very picky, so uh, we're trying to get those shirts designed as we speak. Any last word, boys? What do you got? Up. Uh, it was had fun. Yeah, I love you guys. And, uh, be safe, be well. Give my love to the families. And uh, it was good. It's always fun. Always fun. Love it. Send your comments to top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Schnapps. <laughs>